atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for April the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2020. The goal is to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And let's be very clear, ladies and gentlemen, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth using the checks and balances the founding fathers so brilliantly sacrificed to give us. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. There's so much stuff to recover in yesterday's show. Kurt gave me like 3,000 stories. And therefore, we had Sean Bergen on, well-known New York TV reporter, and uh, we talked to him in detail about what's going on on the ground in New York City with regards to the coronavirus. Um, We talked about Dr. Fossey back in 2017. Quote, President Trump will be challenged by a surprise global disease outbreak. Now, did this guy know something? Kind of strange. It's starting to tamper with the elections. This guy has served five administrations. Very hardcore government inside swamp monster, that Dr. Fossey. I'll tell you that right now. Or Fauci, however you say the guy's name. Anyway, even a Democratic Michigan rep. Her name, she's a state rep. Her name is Karen Whitsett, and She even gives Trump credit for using some of these medications to treat some of this stuff. As opposed to letting everybody just die on ventilators. Um, Mike Lindell says, I think we're in one of the greatest... Revivals in history. Amen to that. 13 celebrities are putting their money where their mouth is. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people doing a lot of good. Landlords are waiving rent. People are really trying, folks. China donates 1,000 ventilators to New York. I don't think ventilators are your answer, folks. Even when you get on those, your chances are not very good. You'll probably never come off one of those things. Um. Anyway, Mike Pence says, pray for our hero healthcare workers during, quote, Holy Week. Amen to that. We also are talking about churches are being unnecessarily closed down while abortion centers are being left open. Worshiping is not essential, they claim, but murdering the children, the most innocent among us, seems to be the order of the day for these thugs. Uh, anyway, bottom line, folks, <clears throat> there's a lot going on in the news. Too much to cover. Even Franklin Graham Coronavirus pandemic, a result of a fallen world. I would encourage people to pray, says Mr. Graham. Amen. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and many others getting together worldwide to call for on Good Friday. That's April the 10th. Uh, It's a Facebook public group calling for a national day of prayer and fasting. Amen to that. We also talked about the Ten Commandments and you. Cecil B. DeMille. The Ten Commandments of God, ladies and gentlemen. When they are observed, prevent murder, stealing, false witness, envy, worshiping of false idols, and the other sins and crimes in which God recommends on Mount Sinai, we simply reject. Anyway, there you have it. I guess a donor buys gift cards for 549 households trying to help out, too. What a wonderful example that ought to be duplicated in society and copycatted, if you will, everywhere. All right, that's a recap of yesterday's show. News the Network's refused to use today starts now. Sam Bushman, Kurt Cosby, and our good buddy Larry Pratt talking about all things liberty in the roundtable. First, welcome, Kurt. 
Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. Larry, welcome, sir. Good to be with you. Thanks so much, Sam. All right. There's so much to talk about. So little time. Coronavirus is almost the only thing that can be discussed, sadly, these days. Everybody on absolute lockdown across the nation. I've submitted to you that I was a little patient at first, giving them a chance. Uh, But the more we dig into this thing, the more unconstitutional and the more wrong-headed these lockdowns really are and have become. First off, they have no authority to lock us all down. Secondly, you can prove they have no authority because they lock you down and say you can't go to church. They even say church leaders who want to travel to their churches to set up online broadcasts can't go to their churches because the church is non-essential. So you can't even go there by yourself to set up your live stream from your church facility to share the gospel of Christ. Oh, no, that's non-essential. But the abortion mills where they're murdering babies are open for business and funded by the latest coronavirus scandal money going out to everybody and their dog. That's all happening. But you know what? I've been saying for a long time that this lockdown doesn't make any sense because you can't stop the spread. Okay. And I've talked about how even if somebody's smoking a cigarette and then you walk through that cigarette smoke 20, 30, whatever seconds later, you know what? You're going to end up with a coronavirus because you breathed it. It clings to the cigarette molecules and everything else. We talked about some of these details. I, I just don't think you can stop the spread. All you can do is slow down the spread. They say it's called flattening the curve. The problem with flattening the curve is it just leaves this virus in society way longer than it needs to be. Okay? And so that's the problem, folks. And we've talked about this. They're not even talking about preventing people from getting the coronavirus. They're just talking about if you social distance, if you lock everybody down, it will slow the spread and flatten the curve. Well, who wants that? Who wants the virus to stay around longer and longer and longer and longer? We've talked about this. Well, believe it or not, there's a guy speaking out now, pretty bold guy. His name is Kurt Wachowski, and he's an epidemiologist. Now, this guy, by the way, has been around for a long time. Kurt can maybe search and find out the details on this guy. But Kurt Wachowski, an epidemiologist, coronavirus could be exterminated if lockdowns lifted. That's right. What people are dying, doing, trying to do is flatten the curve, and I really don't know why, he says. Now, this article is in WND.com. They're the only ones with the guts to really, in my opinion, cover this so far. Hopefully a few more will. But he says, I don't see a good reason for a respiratory disease to stay in the population longer than necessary. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with this point. Wachowski said the only thing that stops respiratory diseases is herd immunity. And I've talked about this. Now, what's interesting is when it's naturally occurring, they don't want you to develop herd immunity. Oh, no. Lockdown. Avoid everybody. Just ruin society as we know it. However, if when they get the vaccine, then they'll say everybody's got to be vaccinated because the sooner we develop herd immunity, the better. And if you don't go along with herd immunity, you're a, you know, a coronavirus denier or a vaccine denier hater. And you've got to be dealt with accordingly. Well, this guy's saying we don't need vaccines. We need natural immunity as soon as possible. The sooner, the better, because he says, I don't see a good reason for a respiratory disease to stay in our populations any longer than necessary. And the only thing that stops these respiratory diseases is herd immunity. He goes on and explains herd immunity happens when a large percentage of a population becomes immune to an infectious disease to stop the spread. Amen. He's right. The virus could be exterminated within weeks if people were allowed to leave normal lives. Now, the vulnerable could be sheltered 
until it passes, he explains. This guy's got a PhD, very intelligent. Um, he says we need to protect the most vulnerable among us. Now, I want to be very clear about this because a listener brought this up saying we don't want to force anybody. I agree. We can explain to the elderly how vulnerable they are, especially if they have underlying conditions. Then we can let them choose just like anybody else. We don't need to force anybody to do anything. Nevertheless, we could really protect the most vulnerable among us this way. Now, this guy was the former head of biostatistics, epidemiology and research at what? The Rockefeller Institute in New York, at the Rockefeller University in Salt Lake or in New York City. He said, what people are trying to do is flatten the curve. I don't really know why. In an interview with the Press and the Public Project, um, it was featured by the College Fix. And he says, but what happens is you flatten the curve. You also prolong and widen it, and it just takes more time, and it's in our population a lot longer. He says, I don't see a good reason for this to stay in our society and populations any longer than necessary. Let it go through as quick as possible. Let the most of the population develop herd immunity, protect the most innocent among us. Kurt Crosby, isn't that exactly what I've been saying for literally months now? Well, yeah, but Sam, I mean. I'm just an idiot. Don't listen to Sam. uh... No, he's just an idiot. Man, this guy, this guy clue out there. agrees with you as a Ph.D., former head of the Department of Biostatistics, like you said, epidemiology and research design at the Rockefeller University in New York City. I mean, uh, well, he's not a country bumpkin, so he really probably yeah. doesn't know. Now, he goes on and he says about 80 percent of the population. Uh, who have had contact with the virus, the majority won't even know they've had it and or they'll have mild symptoms, especially if they're younger or children. He said, so it's very important to keep the schools open and kids getting the virus. The sooner they get it, the better. At the same time, the elderly should be uh, brought up to speed on this and protected. Again, I would never take away the elderly's rights, but I would say he's got a point. We can educate them and they can make their own decisions. After about four weeks, he says... The virus will be exterminated, and then their children and grandchildren can, uh, you know, behave normal. He says the standard cycle of a respiratory disease is two weeks after which it's gone. Even through social distancing, he explains, you will never stop the spread. He said you'll just spread it more slowly. And he gives proofs like I've been saying. You cannot stop the spread of the respiratory disease within a family. And you cannot stop it with people because people are humans. They're social people. And you know what? The guy that delivers the package, the guy that gives you your restaurant food, the air you walk through when Larry leaves the store and you're the 10th guy allowed to go in, you go in and breathe the same air that he just walked out and breathed. People are social. And even in times of social distancing, they have contacts. And many of those contacts spread the disease. You can't help it. You can quarantine for two weeks and in one minute, have someone knock on your door or whatever and open the door and, man, you've got it. It will go slowly, he says, and then it won't build up the herd immunity. We'll just have it with us forever. Then he was asked his opinion of Dr. Fossey. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll also get Larry Pratt's comments. He's got some insight that's incredible as well. I'm telling you right now, folks, where's Donald? Where's the president? Why isn't this guy in the press briefings at least for an alternative view at the least, huh? Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? 
Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody ever have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. That's the report. And you can say, well, Sam, a lot of people don't agree with this guy. I get it. You don't have to agree with this guy. You're free to think as you will, but I do happen to agree with this guy. In fact, I've been making the same point for literally a couple of months. I've been talking about this, and what I find fascinating is, look, on the mainstream press, you don't hear a guy like this. On the mainstream press, you don't hear about any alternative views, really, except for Dr. Fauci's view. That everyone's going to lock down and that anybody who pushes back on that point gets nailed to the wall as a virus denier. Or I'm not denying that it's a virus. I'm not denying that it exists. I'm not denying that it spreads wildly. And I'm not denying that it's, or denying that it's dangerous and that people die. I'm not denying any of those things. All we're talking about is the best way to handle this disease and the best way to truly protect society and not let it become a socialist government takeover in the process and finds ways for the population to get through this. Now, there's another guy named Dr. Shiva, or Shiva, who we'll be having on, believe it or not, tomorrow, uh, that agrees with this scientist. When this scientist, uh, Kurt Wachowski, was asked um, what he thinks of Fauci, he said, look, I don't work for the government, and I'm allowed to do real science as a result. Wow. Anyway, what do you say to that, Larry? Well, I've been fascinated to see that there um, are a number of places where we get to see the differences in the effects of different policies. In Sweden, which is, uh, as you know, a very heavy-handed welfare state, uh, where they interestingly still have a a free market and uh, a number of things that are not consistent with their heavy-handed welfare state, they haven't imposed the kind of restrictions that 
many of the rest of the European countries have done, and uh, we have done, and also in Brazil, uh, President Bolsonaro has uh, not uh, gone along with the herd, if you will, and um, th they have an experience that is not all that different from ours. Uh, so it, it, then you have to ask yourself, well, if our draconian measures, and I think it is correct to call them unconstitutional, haven't produced uh, demonstrably better results than these two very different countries, uh, then why are we doing this? And I, I think that we have to answer that the most kind interpretation is that there's kind of a knee-jerk reaction that we have to, quote, do something. And for so many people, especially people like Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, who's often at these uh, daily press conferences with him. They've been longtime swamp creatures working in the government. And of course, they think that the first thing that should be done is uh, use the powers of the offices where they've been working all these years. That's their world. That's the way they think. And it's really uh, coming uh, back to, it, it will be coming back to haunt us. It's already been harming us. Uh, we're going to lose more people, even through suicide, I'm afraid, and through other uh, economic. Uh, yeah, they say abuse and domestic abuse is way up, and alcohol sales are way up over this too. To make your point, exactly. And so we're uh, we're not getting the job done. Uh, it's been a very counterproductive policy, not to mention that we've established now uh, the idea that we can do something that <laughs> it's certainly uh, I'm so glad that King George didn't have these notions in front of him that he could uh, play around with because we'd probably still be speaking with a British. Well, and, the, and the sad part about a lot of this, too, though, is that President Trump has been very careful not to push too hard. He's been attacked for not really being more aggressive. And he's simply said, listen, we have a constitution. It's not within my authority. I'm leaving this to the states. Donald, President Trump deserves a little bit of credit here in saying, hey, he hasn't been too heavy handed. Uh, my main concern with President Trump is he just promotes Fauci like he's a rock star, but the fact is he's nothing but a swamp monster. He's been in service to five presidents thus far, what, three of them Democrats or whatever, and you look at this thing and you go, maybe it's three Republican. I guess they're all the same. What's the difference? Uh, but anyway, Fauci literally has been a swamp monster forever. Donald turns to this guy like he's the cat's meow of the answers. There are a lot of other credible people with answers, too, that are being flat out ignored in these massive press briefings, etc. I don't understand why. Why not put together a panel with people from all kinds of perspective, PhDs, researchers, statisticians? Uh, you know, it's fine to have a doctor or two on there, but have a na nature path or have alternative medicine people there have. OK, why don't we have a roundtable? Why do we just have Fauci? It's almost like Fauci's the the king. Uh, it's almost like Fauci's calling the shots at some point. And I'm just going, what? I don't get it. No, it uh, it seems as if um, the president has been captured by the uh, the rush, the stampede uh, that we got to do something, and that's when we start to lose our liberties. When we got to do, something. we're going to use the Defense Production Act to force ventilators to be created by the thousands. The problem is, by the time somebody gets on a ventilator, they're most likely not even coming off. 
So why don't we talk about some of these drug medications, which I'm not a super drug fan, but we know that from many physicians that it's working tremendously. And when faced with a ventilator, it's a great option. And then we can talk about some of these other options to say, hey, how do we protect the most vulnerable among us, but let society get back to normal ASAP, but yet not take away people's freedoms, but yet, and these guys have the answers. Kurt, do you want to respond to this first? Well, I, I think that this is the the problem with a stampede is that you don't get to check out alternative courses. You just try to keep running to get run over to keep from being run over. Yeah, but at some point you got to take control and push back and get the right credible people to change the narrative. Kurt, do you want to respond I, to this? That is so well, brutal. you know. Larry, you know, you mentioned uh, King George, uh, uh, or I, I think it was King George you mentioned. But That's anyway, uh, you know, over in uh, communist China, which well, is not exactly King George, but uh, they there's a report out of uh, Breitbart that says, here's another way to kind of take care of this whole thing. They, it says, uh, Wuhan funeral homes burned coronavirus victims alive. And I guess um, they've That's got something over there the called. <laughs> they got something over there called Radio Free Asia, uh, and I didn't know much about this. But anyway, uh, there's reports that people have heard screams coming from the funeral home furnaces, uh, uh, saying that hey, you know, if somebody's just uh, older patients, uh, you know, and they're kind of like not going to make it, they just kind of zip them up in a bag and. Uh, put them in there, I guess, and uh, that's one way you keep your numbers a little lower, I guess, because then they didn't die of the coronavirus. They just, uh, well, anyway, they expired. Yeah, that, somebody ought to get on the task force for the press briefings and start telling you that, Kurt. That ought to help. Yeah, I don't hear that much, uh, but anyway. See, I'm personally uh, you know, more into the solutions, and, you know, hey, the yeah, communists have been murdering too, but, people for decades, right? But, you know, they they get such a pass in the standard media so much Who, of the China? time the communist China I well, think of uh, well and uh, you can understand why when you follow buddy. follow their money and uh, you know they buy they spend big money buying America buying anybody they can uh, and uh, you know some of these like reports are coming out of Taiwan Taiwan news reported uh, said uh, uh, this one lady, uh, she's in her 60s, so she they let her stick around, you know. But uh, this other guy, uh, she noticed that this man was taken away who was in his, eight, in his 70s. She said the man was weak but still was breathing when medical workers bound his head and then his hands and feet, which were still moving. Uh, Taiwan News reported, noting that she has also lamented that the hospital where she received care had no other treatments available for coronavirus patients Lies. besides oxygen. That's Lies. not true. They got treatments. They wrap them up and put them in a... There you go. <laughs> anyway, in the West... I was coming out of the gate anyway. with solutions for the coronavirus. Well, and I don't know what I, the heck just I agree. Uh, well, I'm just simply saying that, uh, you know, these numbers that we get told, you know, now we're told now that we have a lot more deaths here in America than the Chinese, right, Sam? Isn't that that's what, what they we're tell told? you? That's what the mainstream uh, press you know, believes in Donald Trump. And Tatt, that's, that's what, right. at least in my opinion, this kind of goes a little bit against that, you know. Well, the CIA has been saying for a while now that it's, uh, the numbers have been cooked by the communist Chinese. But uh, the mainstream press doesn't, you know, get the information from the Central Intelligence Agency. Headline says the Central Intelligence Agency told the White House 
that the Chinese government has far more cases of coronavirus than they are reporting. But you know what, Kurt, I submit we're in the same boat. Well, Sam, it's a, again, I think the, the analogy that works for me is a stampede. And when you get caught up in the stampede, you either keep running or you get run over. And that seems to be what's happening in our media. And there are very few voices that are saying, well, wait a minute, let's look at other countries that have not taken these drastic uh, measures. And you've got Sweden and you've got Brazil to look at. And let's come back. Hold on. Let's come back and look at some of those societies. Uh, but then I also got to ask, can't the president of the United States of America literally invite in media like us, invite some of these other educated people to the table and flat out change the narrative? He could do it in about five seconds, couldn't he? Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. More than 1,800 people died of COVID-19 in the United States yesterday, and that was a record for the number of deaths from the virus in a single day anywhere on the planet. So far, there have been about 400,000 confirmed cases of it in the United States, and nearly 13,000 people have died here of it. The U.N. says the economic fallout from the virus could wipe out the equivalent of 195 million full-time jobs worldwide. The U.N.'s International Labor Organization saying in a Tuesday statement, there will be devastating losses far exceeding the effects of the 2008 financial crisis. Some encouraging news about the coronavirus here in the U.S. New York is seeing some improvement, as Vice President Mike Pence noted yesterday. Hospital admissions uh, continue to decline. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I have a compromised immune system, so I've been taking the three veggie and three fruit for two years, and I have not gotten sick. It's unbelievable. I feel like a normal person. I'm not tired. I don't wake up tired. And it's just amazing to me that there's such a difference. I don't get sick. Everybody around me's got the flu this year. My wife had it. My grandkids got it. And I haven't gotten sick at all. My energy level is better. Body aches and pains. I just don't really have them anymore. The pills are incredible, and they're doing me a world of good. So thank you very much for that. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. A new poll out today by CNN indicates 55% of Americans surveyed say the Trump administration's response to the COVID-19 pandemic has been poor. 80% believe the worst of it is yet to come. 46% of those surveyed say it's at least somewhat likely that they or someone in their family will end up being infected by the virus. Despite some of the encouraging news coming out of New York City about the flattening of the curve, so to speak, the city mayor Bill de Blasio is cautioning against any high hopes just yet. 
It is way too early to draw any definite conclusions. I want to really make sure none of us in public life tell you we have turned a corner until we are absolutely certain. We are not there yet. The U.S. Census Bureau today is starting to send out paper forms to homes that haven't yet filled out the online census questionnaire. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So, the communist Chinese are out of control. We know that. We've known that for a while. The CIA told the White House that the Chinese government has far more cases of coronavirus than they're reporting. They cited uh, intelligence officials on this. And uh, it went through the New York Times. They're even reporting this, believe it or not. They cited current and former CIA intelligence officials for this reality. But when President Trump uh, was asked about this, he simply shrugged it off and said, no, no big deal, waste of time. Next kind of discussion. I kind of find that interesting from the president, Kurt. Well, like you say, the president's got a whole lot of uh, things on the plate. Um, the thing that I would throw in, uh, you know, that uh, we've seen these environmentalists push to get all these uh, factories out of America for so long because, you know, it was bad for our air and everything. And then all of a sudden now all the factories and everything are right there in communist China and those poor people can hardly breathe. I mean, we've seen pictures in the past of them walking around with face mask on just to breathe in their own towns uh, and yet uh, you know so then this thing of coronavirus kind of hits them and you got guys who basically can't find a wife they're just chain smokers uh, and all that kind of stuff even if you're not a chain smoker they're just smoking with all the smoke in the airs and then then you think uh, the kind of be tough on their immune system and their respiratory Amen. system with a deal like this. Whoa. But you can look to other countries for solutions, too, uh, Larry. Well, indeed, and it seems that, uh, and as you've been uh, pointing to already, the, the best solution would seem to be uh, you take reasonable sanitary precautions. Um, sanitation has always been a factor in spreading disease. If you um, look into the time of the bubonic plague, uh, the cities at the time in Europe, anyway, were extremely filthy. And naturally, uh, disease found it very easy to spread. And we're seeing some of those same diseases, by the way, including I've read reports of the bubonic plague uh, return in some of our West Coast cities where they uh, apparently don't believe in flush toilets anymore. And they think the sidewalks are perfectly adequate for the same purpose. And surprise, they're having a return of some of these terrible diseases that we thought were long gone. Uh, So uh, evidently, one of the factors for these kinds of disease challenges to us is something called stupidity. And there's nothing worse, well, maybe there is, but there's few things worse than a bureaucrat who's stuck on stupid because he's got power and he can force his will on people who probably 
probably know better than he. And in any case, uh, we can argue, I think, very well from our own constitution, from our own history, uh, that these folks do not have legitimate authority to do what they've been doing. Well, and that's the big problem. And that's why you're getting the pushback from me. I appreciate that President Trump hasn't moved to force. But he's certainly set the guidelines and then been silent, having all the wrong people sitting at the table. Uh, and that's my concern. And I get that he's got his hands full, but I got my hands full, too. I'm probably as busy as the president. He's got 24 hours in his day, and so do I. We shouldn't be too surprised that the president might be responding the way he seems to be, because um, it's helped me try to understand the president that, well, I'm I'm very pleased with many of the things that he's been doing. And, I'm and I agree with that, by the way. He's the president, not Hillary Clinton. Uh, he's not a conservative in any philosophical sense. I think we're seeing him behave many times as a conservative, even sometimes a constitutional conservative, because he is constantly attacked from the left. And happily, the guy is not afraid of a fight. I sometimes wonder if maybe he actually uh, seems to uh, grow stronger and enjoy uh, the fight. Uh, But he fights back. Well, he fights back from attacks that are coming from the left. Well, when you do it that way, then by default, you're going to appear to be many times, most of the time maybe, uh, as someone on the right. Good. That that works for me. But it, it don't. I have to keep reminding myself. Don't make the mistake of thinking that he's a consistent philosophical um, conservative constitutionalist. This is a guy who comes out of a business environment, and he's rough and tumble, uh, which is the uh, quality of him that I most uh, admire. Uh, but that doesn't make him a. Uh, constitutional philosopher. I agree. And the real key here, Larry, in my opinion, is for President Trump to get surrounded by people who believe in uh, the principles of the republic, people who will swear an oath to the Constitution, people who will understand the role of government, which is a minimal role. The federal government has no role, really, in the day-to-day affairs of this thing, except for a supporting role. Maybe to say we're going to restrict international travel. Maybe we're going to, okay, I get some of those things. Uh, But right now it seems like the president and Fauci are the two leading everything that happens and everybody else is taking trickle-down decisions from the leaders, if you will. Um, And then Trump basically says, I got hands off, let the states do the dirty work kind of a discussion. But it's all upside down in my view, constitutionally, morally. We shouldn't be looking to the federal government for all the answers for this. We shouldn't. That, that's uh, absolutely correct. Uh, these kinds of things were, uh, by the Constitution, to be left uh, with the state and local governments, if government at all. Uh, I'm not sure the founders would have uh, uh, seen the, uh, any level of government as being uh, the first line of defense uh, for fighting a disease. Uh, but in any case, uh, it's certainly not something for the federal government to be involved in. Because haven't the Republicans really lost the moral high ground on health care now? They simply say, well, we don't believe in government health care the Democrat way, but now we can do it the Corona way. Yeah. But really, isn't that it? And I'm afraid uh, they uh, are probably subject to the same observation that I was making about the president. With a few exceptions, they don't think in any 
a consistent constitutional philosophical sense. And so they're just going to be reactive. Uh, and at least somebody like Trump uh, more times than not reacts in a way that uh, makes me pretty pleased. But that doesn't mean that uh, there's not going to be plenty of times when he and uh, many of the Republicans uh, are just kind of um, – bouncing around without a real firm rudder to guide where they're going. So, And the voices in the Republican Party that are not subject to that observation don't prevail. They're not enough of them. And so the political fallout of this should be the conclusion that we should take away from it is that the direction of our country is going to be most determined in the certainly in the next several elections, I think, in Republican primaries. Uh, the Democrat Party has shown itself to be uh, very much of the left, uh, very much uh, uh, wedded to government solutions and compulsion uh, from government. Uh, and the Republican Party uh, simply has to nominate and then get elected people who don't fall into that. Uh, and there are some of them uh, that are uh, more or less pretty much along that line, but they don't prevail. They don't have control uh, within the Republican Party. Uh, they're not, uh, as a rule, they're not the leadership in the Republican Party. And, yeah, uh, sadly, they're the real Republicans. <laughs> uh, well, I say sadly because they don't get a, a, to lead the party according to the platform or the guidelines that most people believe governs those affairs, Right. That's exactly right. And the, the fact that the, uh, the party will have a platform that often sounds pretty good, but then it, it has so many people in it that don't adhere to their own platform, that's because not enough of us have been able and willing to uh, seek a, a role within the party. Uh, you have to... Uh, I found myself, I have to kind of motivate myself to go to some of these Republican meetings and make sure that uh, I don't leave these things to other people here at my own local level. It's a level. fair point. It's a great point. So I think President Trump could go on news services like WorldNet Daily and Bloomberg, or I'm sorry, WorldNet Daily um, and uh, uh, Liberty Roundtable and many other talk shows. They could do Breitbart. They could, the president could surround himself with these kinds of people and really change the narrative in about five seconds, in my opinion. But what's happening is, is that while Donald's having these press briefings, the CIA is undermining. Or I'm sorry, the FDA, Food and Drug Administration. Here's the latest headline from Bloomberg on the FDA. FDA now revised its guidelines to allow gay men to donate blood because the coronavirus is straining our blood supplies. That's according to Bloomberg. So now gay men can donate blood. Uh, you think that's going to help things out there, Kurt? Uh, I wanted to make sure I don't uh, need any blood um, in the next little while. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Amen to that. Thanks. But anyway, I'm just saying. So this is what I'm talking about. Why are we changing the FDA guidelines on blood donations and allowing gay men? Because the blood supply is strained. Well, <laughs> Folks, remember when the Clintons were in the blood deal, blood business? No. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies, in particular 
are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205 672 2000. politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, Larry Pratt, Kurt Crosby, and yours truly breaking it down. Uh, we mentioned, Kurt mentioned, I was saying that, hey, now they're literally changing the FDA guidelines and allowing gay men to donate blood because they got a blood crisis on our hands. Crisis is Crises lead to crises. Is that how it works? Now, anyway, Kurt asked me if I remembered the blood deals that the Clintons were involved in. You know what? They're involved in so many nefarious activities. I can't even keep track. No, I don't remember this. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying I don't remember. It is a tough one to keep track of, but I guess uh, back uh, in the late 90s or early 2000s, somewhere in there, you know, there's more details on it when you look up uh, Arkansas prison blood scandal, Clinton AIDS trail, etc., Arkansas bloodsuckers. Anyway, uh, you know, the bottom line is they um, made some special deals so that they could take the uh, blood from the prisoners who turns out we're kind of not a really good group of people. Yeah, to like get HIV blood from. positive, um, and, you know. And uh, they infected people <laughs> in Canada and uh, and America. And, and the big deal about of, that, uh, Kurt? Lawsuits about it. What'd you say? And the big deal about that? You got Fauci hanging out with Donald, and then they're basically literally letting the FDA let the gay men donate blood now. Got a crisis on our hands. Got to throw out normalcy. At That's every the turn. reason I brought it up. I thought it was yeah. kind of similar. You wow. Know, so I'm bringing up all these positive news stories and concerns, and Kurt's just Sorry hitting at home with this yeah. negative. Wow. All right. I'll just go negative with Kurt now then for this story here. <laughs> um, data on New York Thanks. deaths. Most had underlying illnesses reporting USA Today. I told you that too, folks. A, um, I guess the deal is this. They say the majority of New York's more than 
4,700 deaths due to the coronavirus are mainly among men, and 86-plus percent had underlying conditions like diabetes and hypertension. And uh, that's what new state data shows. Pre-existing conditions were over 4,000 of those deaths. So literally, when you take out those pre-existing conditions, you don't have hardly any deaths at all, even in New York, comparatively. So uh, they say 86% had underlying conditions. If you compare that to the national average of what, over 10,000 deaths now uh, in America, 80%, so 8,000 of those would be people with underlying conditions. Now, I'm not in any way dismissing the value of their lives, whether they have pre-existing conditions or not. But I am saying that you can't just blame that on the coronavirus, and you can't just make that be the number we focus on all day long, thinking everybody's dying. Because these people with underlying conditions, you know, most of the time when you have those underlying conditions, you're going to die of something else. Let's say you're a diabetic. Oftentimes they don't say diabetes killed you. They say, oh, um, you had your legs amputated and then your kidneys shut down and then, okay, and you died of kidney failure. You didn't die of diabetes or whatever. Okay, so what's really the underlying causes and how do you, uh, anyway, there's a, there's a cause and effect here that I don't think is fairly being represented at all in the truth of it all. And that's kind of the reason for the discussion. Uh, what do you think of those statistics in, in reality? This is the part that's just not being talked about at all. And I think it, it needs to be. Larry? I think that's a very important point to keep in mind. <clears throat> now, not all of us are able to be in control of our health, and I definitely understand that. Uh, but it's also true that if we observe normal care in what it is we eat, uh, the the kinds of health risks that we're uh, willing to take uh, on a normal basis, we're likely not to fit into the uh, universe of people that are most vulnerable to things like the coronavirus, but just other things as well. Uh, and so it's uh, it's not 100% in our hands, and we're all going to die someday um, if the Lord doesn't come back before uh, that time. But uh, we do have a lot of ability to control, uh, to a very considerable extent, what happens to us. And if we don't take care of our health and if we just um, assume that, well, if I have a problem, I'll, I'll go to the doctor and I'll get a shot and I'll get a pill and, you know, I'll just keep on doing what I want to do. Well, uh, fine, it's a free country. You can do that. But don't be surprised if uh, one of these things comes up and, and uh, kind of zaps you. And so uh, my whole uh, view of this has been that the people that are – uh, in good health and are c careful to maintain a good health uh, are the ones that are almost likely uh, to be the ones that get through this kind of a storm, the ones that might get a cold and shake it off with very little uh, problem, uh, that get uh, that don't get other diseases because th they've maintained their body's ability uh, to resist the onslaught of all these other uh, critters that are out there in the air. This isn't the only thing that uh, could hit us. It just happens to be the uh, the the problem of the year. And meanwhile, the words of Saul Alinsky come back to mind for me. Uh, we're seeing so many in government operate on the basis of never let a crisis go to waste. And if, to the extent that uh, we're not careful about maintaining good health, we're just making ourselves more vulnerable uh, to the virus that's much more likely to cause us harm, and that's big government.
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Kurt's got a story about, uh, how do you say this thing? Chloroquine? Is that how you say that, Kurt? Yeah, I think so. Chloroquine? That's the, uh, you know, the shorten it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's Not right. a magic bullet for coronavirus and might do more harm than good experts says. Now, this is uh, uh, what Donald Trump has been promoting. Even Democrats are thanking him for saving their lives over this. Uh, but the problem is it's not double-blind studied, and so, you know, Fauci and others are hesitant to roll it out. Like I say, I don't think drugs are the great answer, but I think if you're facing the ventilator, by all means, try them, because you get on the ventilator and you're most likely going to die. I don't know why we're creating uh, or building so many ventilators by force of government edict anyway, but that's a whole other topic. Uh, nevertheless, Kurt, the what d- opinions on this rage on? Well, yeah, and I just, uh, you know, I had only heard the side effects on this thing, that chloroquine was, uh, you know, the eye problem where you couldn't see after a while if you took too much of it or whatever. But I didn't know the there was this uh, whole group, uh, they call it the... Uh, Quinism Foundation, where they've uh, studied up and found all these uh, things like uh, depression and uh, cognitive dysfunction, paranoia, and things like that. And they connected up to a lot of these uh, military guys being over in places where they had to give them these anti malarial drugs. Maybe you should tell drugs. Trump about this research, Kurt. He's uh, probably not aware, him and all Fauci. <laughs> Uh, maybe not, but uh, you know, all I can say is that's uh, I first learned about it from uh, Dr. Michael Savage. That you know, I mean, he was having a guest on about this Quinism thing, and that's just interesting. And, and my response is twofold: if you have people yeah. on this medication long term, I think he's right; it's a big problem. But if you use it because someone's going to go to a, a ventilator and die as a last resort, short term, I don't see it as the same discussion personally. Now, that doesn't mean I'm defending drugs. I'm just saying it's all a relative discussion based on the situation. That's why I'm saying you can't treat Sam Bushman, who's running around not sick, and lock me down so that, you know, somebody in New York won't die with underlying conditions. At some point, there's a disconnect when it comes to my liberty. And there's a disconnect when it comes to their authority. And there's a disconnect when it comes to the best way to handle these kinds of things. Larry, response? Yeah, that's uh, this is my point. Uh, the whole discussion that we've been having, uh, I think, can be reduced to watch out that this is not uh, putting us right where Saul Alinsky would have wanted us, the, the author of Rules for Radicals, uh, the guy who was a mentor, um, uh, at least through his books for Hillary Clinton, and actually was a teacher of Barack Obama there at the University of Chicago. Uh, this is a uh, the setting the stage has set the stage for a power grab, and we had uh, better be careful that this is not all just about our the public health and our own health uh, during this time. This is about the means that government uses, if it uses any at all, uh, to address this problem. But we've already lost the moral high ground, though. They've already destroyed the economy and had us all locked down in various stages for literally a month. We've already become the most socialist nation on the planet overnight, almost. We've redistributed money big time. Donald said would never have socialism in America. And then the president of the United States literally doubled down and signed a bill allowing us to become one of the greatest. We've got the greatest socialist bailout the world has ever seen on tap right now. Well, and that's right, and we're not calling it socialism, and so that makes it harder to identify. 
if I come into the room and I'm coughing and blowing my nose, and but I don't have a cold. No, there's nothing like you know. I can deny it all I want, but if the if the evidence is there in front of us, then we're kidding ourselves if we think we can re- define it away. And maybe that's what's happening. The president doesn't want to be a socialist. He he's not. I don't think looking to be a a tyrant. But the very fact that he's using means that are, if not by his own administration, going to be precedent for the next time some Joe Biden is in power. Uh, oh, boy, uh, we're in trouble. Well, and that's the question. Hey, do you know the answer to this, Larry? And a listener emailed in and said, hey, are the uh, congressional restaurants closed, too, or are their restaurants open? Uh, to my knowledge, they are closed. They might have some takeout that you can go down and uh, get something and take it back to your office. But like all the other restaurants in town, uh, it's takeout only. Yeah. All, I, all I'm telling you is, so, uh, you know, how are we allowing the bureaucrats to meet together and stuff like that and pass all these, you know, socialist legislative pieces? Shouldn't they be, uh, you know, sent home as well? That would be a wonderful solution, and I think maybe that's what we should be recommending, that if social distancing is the solution for all these problems, let's have bureaucrat distancing as well. Um, All right. Uh, Anyway, so to the listener, the restaurants, I guess, are for the most part closed. So there you have that. Just thought I'd echo that. Kurt, you want to wrap up this segment? I got a good news piece we can finish on, too. But first, your comments. Hmm. Well, uh, since you've got good news, I'll try to find some bad. Is that what you mean? Is it, well, I would hope you'd make some comments that might put things in perspective a little bit. The okay, perspective well, that I would put uh, in know, is this. The debates rage forever, but let's not put our liberty in the crosshairs. Very good. Okay. I might well, start anyway, with something like I, that. I guess. Okay. Because uh, it seems like everybody wants to destroy I, my liberties no matter what they debate about this thing. I really my enjoyed the... Um, the the uh, article that you brought up from the epidemiologist is this uh, world expert and you know I'm going to do the best I can to pass that one around uh, you know that's uh, very if valuable. If you get it to Donald uh, it would really help maybe on his next press briefing he could you know the president could step out nobly boldly and independently and defend liberty with people around him that protect the sacred cause and you know we could start there I, I think. I guess one of the main things that he's doing now is uh, Basically, just coming up with a plan to reopen up America, which is uh, well. I hear he's been coming up with a plan for weeks. I just haven't seen the plan. Exactly, can't happen soon enough. Uh, What I mean is, I appreciate that he's working on it. But if he sat down with me, him and I can have a chocolate milk together, me and a good old president. We could come up with a plan overnight, Kurt. You want to know what we'd do? Would bring in some of these alternative people and would open up the society tomorrow because we'd realize the truth about the way to truly get over this virus and the way to protect the most vulnerable among us voluntarily uh, and the way to then let us get herd immunity as soon as possible. We could bring back society tomorrow. We could even bring back society before the checks go out, buddy. Preach it. Imagine that. Larry, thank you, my brother. Godspeed. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. All right, there he goes, Larry Pratt. Sam and Kurt coming up. Kurt's got a bunch of stories for you, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be on part two of one of his days of stories, and we'll just rock and roll. Hang tight. Hour one in the can, two coming up. Sam and Kurt on your radio. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. God save the republic.